Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is the Babylon 5 Watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And Laura, today we're going to talk some alignments. Yeah. We got to dig deep though. For alignments. I don't I don't think we have a drop for alignments. We've only done it a couple of times, but I guess if we've got three this this one and then two more on the docket maybe it's time maybe it gets a drop now not this time yeah we need somebody right now to help us it didn't that. earlier but it did when i said now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like it's it's something D related right yeah we'll to workshop that something from the D movie i don't know we'll figure it out yeah much like we got to figure out these characters alignments yeah we had to dig a little deep this time we did have to dig so we've done the assistants, we've done the ambassadors, we've done the command staff. This time we're doing they gone. <laughs> this is characters who no longer appear in Babylon 5 before we yeah. before we did these segments. I guess we Marcus was still a character and Narun was probably still a character. Yeah, he, he was, was still around when but we didn't Talia, get to that in time. Not. Talia was definitely not. No, she was gone by the time we started. This was a season four bit for us. So, okay. Yes. Yeah. So we've got uh, Talia, Marcus, and Naroon are the three characters we're going to discuss today. And it's kind of a bonus because Talia counts as two. Yeah, she really does. She had a split personality. So (laughs) we can start there with Talia original flavor vanilla talia maybe pre-expansion pack yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely so i feel like how do you feel i feel like she's true neutral (gasps) i said the same thing fantastic i was ready to get on a hill and start dying on it but no 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 not required do tell me your reasons and i'll tell you if i had any others well True neutral characters are usually pretty self-involved. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. particularly feel she's self-involved, but she also is not particularly motivated by anything, I feel. She's a very mm, go-with-the-flow yeah. kind of person. She's like, okay, oh, this is happening to me this week a lot of the time. It feels like, yeah. oh, someone needs something. That's my job. I, I do things when people need me. And so she's not... She doesn't do anything for good or evil. Sure. She doesn't. I mean, she cares about Psycor law. Yeah. She doesn't she really has care. Principles there. Sure. But she breaks them. <laughs> yes. But the, yeah, they're not totally inflexible principles, which is why I leaned toward neutral. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like true neutral is a good spot for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we've I got Talia post expansion pack, you know, Talia Burning Crusade edition, evil Talia. Flipped Talia. Goatee Talia. Yeah. Mirror universe Talia. <laughs> exactly. She grows a goatee. So I feel like this Talia is evil. Yes. yes. <laughs> At the very least, she's nasty. She's think, fucking rude as hell. Yeah, she's evil. And, you know, she's been totally overwritten by the Psychor with their rules, I would assume. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we only see her for the end of an episode, but. I think that that means she's lawful evil because she's got a set of rules and telepathically, like psychologically, she cannot break them, I would think. Yes. Yes. Lawful evil. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. 
Look same at that page. I bet you this next one we're going to be on the same page for too, because this is probably the most obvious example of this character alignment in the entire show. I feel, and yeah. it's Marcus, and it's mm -hmm. chaotic good. Yes, <laughs> it has to be chaotic good. It could not be anything else. Yeah, yeah. He's an impulsive guy, but he's the goodest guy. Yeah, he yeah. does. He does all of the right things for. Or he does things for always the right reasons, but he does not always do the right things. Yes, very much so. Especially when we leave the battle and run off to the station to save the woman we love, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think chaotic good probably comes with a shorter lifespan. Yes. I hope not. I, I consider myself chaotic good personally. <laughs> but there is a bit of... Uh, there's a bit of credence to the bravado that being chaotic good lends itself to that can definitely come with a uh, reduced lifespan. <laughs> yes. Maybe try to temper that just a little bit sometimes. Hey, I feel like, <laughs> like I was, I've, I've had my wild years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done my crazy impulsive shit. I've got that all out of my system. I got stories though. <laughs> well, Try not to uh, have to go out in a blaze of glory to save the woman you love. Cause yeah, that sounds, that might do it for you. That'd be a shit show. <laughs> I I don't want to be in that situation for a number of reasons. Right. <laughs> I don't want you to be in that situation for my own selfish reasons. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be in that situation for the reasons that get me to be in that situation, and then I don't want to be in that situation because I'm in that situation. It's bad yeah. all around. Indeed. <laughs> Okay, so Marcus does not have split personalities, so we've no. got to move on. Who is our next one? Neroon? Neroon. Elite Neroon. Good question. I feel like he probably starts lawful good and questions that and moves to more of a neutral good. But it depends a lot on... If you consider him loyal to the laws of the Mimbari people, or if you consider him loyal to the laws of the warrior caste. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of changes which set of rules he follows. Yeah. I feel like he's pretty lawful neutral to me. Yeah. Like he has a set of principles, but for instance, I don't know especially at the beginning when we meet him. I don't think he has any particular fondness for humans, right? No. Outwardly, no. So they're outside of his principles. They're yeah. For Sinclair, else. because he tells Sinclair he talks like Valen, which was just oh, right <laughs> back in season one. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he feels that way about all humans. No. And I feel like he's the sort that... If something was happening and it was outside of his Minbari sphere, he would just be like, oh, isn't that sad? Yeah. You know, isn't that bad? Oh, well. <laughs> I agree. I think he's lawful neutral until the last like 24, 48 hours, depending on the time frame of his life yes. there, where he yes, takes a turn a for point. lawful good. Yeah, definitely. Because he does throw himself into the fire. Yeah. To save Delenn. So he has that that last minute turn. Mm -hmm. He does the, you know, the the Darth Vader tossing the Emperor over the, <laughs> the edge. 
only the emperor his is his boss who yeah. lives and <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i i agree he's he's mostly lawful neutral until he takes a turn so mm-hmm. at least he made a good turn good for him yeah yeah, well, that was an easy one, I think, compared to some of our other alignments. I feel like we haven't always lined up on that. Yes, and we probably also picked too many characters to do in one go. I like this three a lot more than our fives. Yeah, yeah, this is a little bit easier. You can yeah. think about it a little better. A little less prep, which I appreciate mm-hmm. always. Indeed. Hey, did you prep for this episode? I sure did. Always do. <laughs> <laughs> what did we watch? We watched season five, episode three's The Paragon of Animals. Mm. I had Uh, to Google that. When he started doing the bit, like when I when I heard the episode of the name, I'm like, that's vaguely familiar. Eh, If the episode reminds me, it reminds me. And I had forgotten that he like spends two minutes doing Hamlet in this fucking episode. Byron does. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's Hamlet. Cool. <laughs> that's so Byron. Let's go. <laughs> I hope that's a bit we can bring back. Oh, there's going to be a, a lot of that. So Byron's don't you worry. Uh, we open on a rowdy council meeting. Yeah, it's a little hot in here. Man, this drowsy, you cannot legislate morality. Mm. uh man i've never wished something not to be true but also needed something to be shouted for the people in the back even louder more in my life (laughs) (laughs) and i guess that's the point (laughs) yeah i really hate this phrase and uh i wish that i hadn't heard it so much in these last few years right you shouldn't legislate morality yeah And who would have thought that, you know, I would have already heard it from this show (laughs) back in the 90s, but I hadn't realized it until I had to hear it again and it hit too hard and it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is all over the Interstellar Alliance's Declaration of Principles, which is the last thing they want everyone to sign on. Yeah. And we heard about Jakar was going to write this, didn't we? In an earlier episode. The League worlds feel it's beneath them since they haven't enslaved or genocided anyone as the entire League stops talking, stares at Londo, and then walks out. <laughs> they do that Klingon dishonor thing where they put their hands on their chest and turn around and leave. Yeah. 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 The whole You're crew is very us. well organized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they poke a little fun at Jakar as well in the mm-hmm. script and at themselves. When they talk about the sensitivity of writers to. <laughs> yeah, there's while they're while he's writing after everyone leaves and after the theme and all that stuff. I don't know if you caught this when Jakar uh-huh. says my muse is speaking to me. The yeah, written by JMS comes up on the screen at that very moment. Oh, I didn't catch that, but that is very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a great muse, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so this meeting doesn't resolve in any satisfactory way. No. Garibaldi's creeping in a corner watching mm-hmm. everybody, and he goes to talk with Sheridan afterwards and yep. uh, says, look, you don't need to worry about 
these principles and morals and stuff. We just need to show power. Yeah. Look, I went, you know, at homeschool, Mima taught me the old turn off the body cam and wear your steel toes. And that's what we really need here. Yeah. It's the first rule of homeschool, right? Yeah. Homeschool security. <laughs> turn off the body cam. Yeah, there's never any problem with just uh, taking this approach, is there? No, no. Historically totally speaking, fine. foolproof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, I actually wrote down in my notes, you know, the episode, what was the episode? Deconstruction of Falling Stars, where we had the mm-hmm. future stuff and, you know, the people had complicated feelings about Sheridan's decisions in this time in particular. And I wrote the words, maybe Garibaldi is the problem. <laughs> uh, I've got fuck Garibaldi for all the this little empire of your shit. You aren't helping. And he had criticisms of this before. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like he's so consumed by his guilt over what Bester did, amping up his paranoia. That, that he's it's amped just up like, his paranoia. <laughs> well, and that he's just like writing so hard for this and for Sheridan to like prove I'm not a bad guy really Sheridan please 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 forgive me please 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 be my friend yeah let me you know let me help you build an empire here even though that was the very thing he criticized yeah it's weird I don't know I don't like Garibaldi I don't either we cut over to an alien world being bombed to shit when a ranger shows up uh, to bring back word to B5 yeah. We we don't know these aliens. We don't know these aliens. We don't know their bunker. We don't know what they've yeah. got. We've we see like the loaf. triangle ships, which are always raiders. Like all raiders buy their ships from the same company or something. Yeah. <laughs> like like we, we raided the same place. <laughs> right. And got new ships together. It's the shipyards yeah. with like the shittiest security. And it's just some billionaire who's just like constantly making ships. And then they just get robbed all the time. And they're yeah. just like, well, we'll just make more. We'll we'll turn a profit eventually. Uh-huh. And they just keep getting robbed because their security shit and they refuse we'll to do anything We'll make it up on volume, it. yeah. After theme, our main alliance diplomats work out a plan for some of the League worlds to help each other out. Okay. I, have a, I have to ask. Are you about to ask me the same thing? I think we're about to ask yeah. the same question. You I'll let you do it at you the same time? <laughs> what vegetables do the Pakmara eat? <laughs> Well, yeah, what what agricultural facility is this that I, is what I wrote down? Is yeah. it a body farm? We have heard that they are carrion eaters. Exclusively. Every time we've heard about it, it's like they just eat dead bodies. Like, yeah. that is how it's always presented, which is not how carrion eaters, at least in our world, work. They tend to just mm. be scavengers who will eat anything and everything. So you could give Pacamara, like, normal food and they'd be fine. They yeah. just prefer dead bodies, I think. Yeah. But that's like not what we've heard. Like Franklin yeah. went out a whole thing about Pacmara eating the wrong stuff and getting sick at one point in MedLab. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you think it's those those pitcher plants that smell like dead bodies? Those that's oh, what they're yeah, growing, it's like maybe. The rotting leaf yeah. flower thing that blooms like once every <laughs> five years or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for them to have vegetables and other stuff that they can eat besides dead bodies. I imagine it'd be very tough as a society to yeah. to do the thing. 
I say knowing yeah. that we consume a ton of meat as a society, but also like if we only ate meat as a species, like we would not have society. Your growth would be extremely limited, right? Yeah. Because you can't raise enough of the thing you need to grow your civilization and, and have more babies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. But that aside as well, like, would the Abai even want whatever the Pogmara have to give? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Okay, even if it is vegetables, do we even want that? How gross is it? How gross is it? Dear listener, <laughs> please tell us. How gross is it? <laughs> yeah. I love it when we ask these questions and then someone answers them in the Discord on a Wednesday morning. That makes yeah. me feel so happy. Well, I, I mean, guys. this episode, to just drop any pretense or kayfabe, is coming out. 21 days after we record it yes so i will have completely forgotten <laughs> <laughs> but that's the best when i open it up and i'm like oh oh they're answering something oh what did we what yeah. did we ask yeah ben great. does this to me all the time he'll text <laughs> me and be all like hey you mentioned this on the pod or he's oh this thing or like he'll just send me the answer to a question as he's listening to the podcast like i know what he's talking about and i mean i podcast well, you were him. just talking he knows to him, how it goes I, exactly i was just talking to him he was not just talking to me <laughs> yes you know how early we record this compared to release you know how my brain works. You know I have no idea what you're talking about. That's the fun part. I, I'm sure he enjoys it because he hasn't stopped. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so while they're arguing about like sending rotten potpura vegetables yeah. to the abai, did you, Jakar... did you catch the other thing here? Oh, no. What's the other thing? Jakar's got like glow in the dark side eye shadow on. I did not see that, but you know I'm going back to check. <laughs> it is super distracting. Like the sides of his face are significantly more yellow and caked on than they normally are. Is it, that how he gets himself in, in his dramatic writer persona? It must be. He it was super distracting to me. You know what that reminds me of? I feel like someone has gone really wild with the highlighter on faces and cheeks on the Great British Baking Show this season. <laughs> if you're watching, look at it. Look for the highlighter. You won't unsee it. I need to watch. I, I haven't watched anything past like the third or fourth season. The new host who is with Noel Allison, she is a delight. You're okay. going to love her. Anyway. Back to Jakar. Yeah. So Jakar's trying to rewrite these principles and make them more palatable to everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. And Garibaldi proposes that, well, maybe we just need to use the telepaths yeah. and the rangers to get intelligence. And then, you know, we don't have to worry about principles because we'll have the biggest guns. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and he claims with his own human mouth. <laughs> <laughs> to dislike guns, this man <laughs> who has his grandma's weapon from when she was a Boston police officer many years ago, <laughs> tried to keep his company PPG, mm -hmm. <laughs> dislikes guns. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So he's he gets an apprehensive agreement from Sheridan with the understanding that they can refuse. And Lando and Jakar are just uh, joking buddies now. Yeah. We, we, he said sorry yeah. in the last episode, Jafar. Yep. All is forgiven. Yeah. Michael heads down to down below and gets a no faster than he can think about how fast that no was. <laughs> okay. So Byron, I know that the universe doesn't like Byron. This right? is, and I'm talking about our universe. Yeah. Like this is a famously bad subplot and hated character. Uh-huh. I loved this moment. Byron uh-huh. completely owned it. The actor I thought did really great. And this is a probably the high watermark. Like this scene in particular is probably the high watermark of Byron. Yeah. He just like really smashes his nuts and does. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Yeah. And I was like, and he's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. So I'm like, oh man, I know that. The character doesn't seem to go well with people for the rest of the season, but I was mm-hmm. like, it's not a bad moment. No. Doing a good job. <laughs> no, this is this is the moment Byron endears himself to you. So that way when everything is absolute shit later and you saw the potential, it makes it even worse. Because let's oh. be honest, a bad character is a bad character. A bad character yeah. who had excellent moments and you knew could have been better is the worst character. Yeah, the actor seemed to be doing quite well here. And yeah. he's really got Garibaldi figured out, Byron does. I don't even remember how bad it gets, to be perfectly honest. Because, I mean, we're I did my last rewatch in 2020. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we started this thing, it was pertinent. But it's been a bit now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember season five. Yeah. So not here as fresh go. in the memory. Uh, a ranger from the cold open makes it to med lab. With only a few Bad hours shape, left though. to live. Yeah. Uh, they ask Lita to find out who attacked him before he dies. And Lita talks with our ranger telepathically before he passes on. This is some good stuff. Yeah. That if you didn't drop in for book club or if you haven't read those books, we've had a little bit of this and other moments in this episode. Mm hmm illustrated for us in the Psycor books that we've read so far that you know it's always like a doorway mm-hmm. and the person can talk to the telepath who's there at the end like yeah very interesting yeah it's very good so now we know about our people who were attacked the infili are are oppressed enfili it's supposed it's supposed to sound like infant right oh i guess it is i yeah. i because I watch with race. subtitles, it is spelled E N F I L I. Yeah. And, you know, that's pretty close. Yeah, they're a little baby agricultural race. They don't know what's going on. They're just getting raided. Yeah, they're at the edge of drowsy space. Oh, hey, what about that at the top of the episode about being good neighbors? Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> and so they're like, what are we going to do here? And Delenn is like, Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Miss No go. Survivors is like, send the whole fucking fleet. Yeah. <laughs> as many White Stars as possible. Yep. Let's protect them. Uh, the White Stars roll out. Sheridan informs the Drazi ambassador, 
who just happens to walk past Byron. Yeah, and not suspiciously at all. He's definitely not rushing anywhere. Nope. Garibaldi goes to Lita, who says he heard about her bad day and is checking in on her, but also he has a job for her. He just puts his foot right in there, just crams it right up in the old kisser. Which is it, Michael? (laughs) It can't be both. You don't go to someone who's had a super shitty day at work and then ask them to do more work. You you don't go to someone empathetically. You don't go to someone under that guise of, hey, I heard you had a really shitty work day and I'm really sorry for you, but can you put in another six hours right now? Yeah. Like, no, that is you can't do both. And it doesn't take that much of a feat of imagination to think that being inside a dying person's mind might be hella weird and difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's not a huge leap for us, even, you know, in a universe where telepathy doesn't exist. Like all you have (laughs) to have is empathy for another person, which is something that we are most of us all capable of. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She calls him out though. I like that. Yeah. Good for her. Oh, and she tells us another little book tidbit here. Yeah, she talks about Bester volunteering for deathbed duty. And Too many. In the books, like, didn't he do like a dozen of these? He did. He like broke the Psycor record in the books, right? By a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is that that killed his soul. Like a piece of, maybe a piece of your soul goes with the person every time. And he just kept going into deathbed scans until there was no soul left. Yeah. I mean, we do get a bit about how it did change him in the books, you know, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. he's a weird little shit bag from the very beginning. So. Yeah. And didn't he go in because he kind of had some like incelly vibes going on. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a, a bunch of stuff with the, the wife that he had yeah it's all all weird and bad yeah (laughs) anyway yep yeah lita's like cool fuck off and uh yeah it's just it's so fucking frustrating like he is being an asshole she is being completely reasonable he should not Mm -hmm. be asking her to do this any day let alone today yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, but he eventually sells her by purporting the ideals of the Alliance as a force to do good in the universe, mm-hmm. which is something that he clearly doesn't believe in Yeah, from earlier in this episode. And she would know that because he's broadcasting that shit, I'm sure, per our conversation earlier. But she agrees to it anyways, which I guess is kind of the fucking point with Lita and the point of her start, the, her story arc start that starts in this episode. Yeah. I didn't like his insistence here that the telepaths would be a great tool. Yeah. Uh, he's really shitty to her. Mm-hmm. And he has been. Everyone has been. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't there is no justice for Lita. Like she just gets used and abused constantly. It's fucking terrible. And even those who haven't been, you know, using her or or rude to her are sort of a a very formal cold professional to her Mm -hmm. rather than friendly we saw zach try to be friendly a little bit but it just didn't work out and you know also she might not have been interested in zach that way we don't really know yeah (laughs) but 
other than that, most of our main cast treats her just very professionally rather than as a, a colleague and equal. Yeah. But in the meantime, Sheridan can't sleep. <laughs> and I noticed that this bed is not reclining. The bed that they were in in the last episode was definitely a Minbari bed. Yeah. And I think they're back in John's quarters because this looks a lot more human. Yeah, I yes, 100% believe that to be the case. He gets up and goes to the couch and someone drops off a late night scroll. Don't you hate it when you get a late scroll delivery? Oh, it's the worst. 1 a.m. Yeah. Don't fucking text me that. Actually, you know what? Like, full disclosure. Ever since I... I've been in leadership roles for most of my career. Uh-huh. And especially when I was, you know, managing a 24-7 help desk for a while. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. get all kinds of weird texts and calls and stuff when somebody else was supposed to get them or whatever was going on. My phone is do not disturb all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I will look at messages when I want to look at messages. Yes. I will look mm-hmm. at messages when I have time to answer messages, and I'm prompt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I refuse to be a slave to my phone like that. And if you send me a late night text, I will see it in the morning. That's the way I have always been about text messages. Yeah. Mostly because even if it goes, bzz, bzz, I'm not going to hear it in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Mine won't even. I'm out like a light. Not a peep. Um, yep. I have a, if you are. Someone who, if you were calling me in the middle of the night, I tr- like I have a list of people where it's all like if someone if this person is calling me in the middle of the night, something mm-hmm. terrible has happened. I put them on do not disturb bypass. Yeah. Like the people a that I policy. trust to not bug me with something stupid in the middle of the night. It's a decently long list and people move on to it and people move off of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you do not. There is no late night scrolling me. That shit is sitting on my doorstep until 8 a.m., 100% guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sheridan's up anyway. Yeah. So he might as well pop the scroll, have a read, and Delenn's yeah. now up because, you know, Sheridan is up. So yeah. they read it together, mm-hmm. and, you know, we get a nice voiceover yeah. from themselves and Jakar as we see shots of the Enfile. White, the white stars. stars. Yeah. And Franklin writing a letter to the Rangers family, I think, yeah. about his death. It is a really poignant little scene. Yeah, it's I like really the good. the way it's put together. Earlier in the episode, Jakar had made reference to at least a dozen principles. Uh-huh. They are now simplified. We must be kind to one another, for we are all one. Not the one. Uh, Lita meets with Byron. Who's an abusive piece of shit. Yeah. Trying to make the point that she should not be abused like this. Bad way to go about it, dude. Trying to make the point that she should not be abused like this by abusing like this. Exactly. It is terrible. After that first scene, this scene, I'm just like, ew, no. Yeah, this is some real, like... If we didn't, as the audience, have firsthand knowledge of how terrible she has been treated, this is Mm -hmm. textbook gaslighting. Yeah. I was like, I get that he's like trying to make a point. Yeah. But there's something way too charismatic about teaching her a lesson, I guess. 
Yeah. I didn't like it. This has big 18-year-old dating a 30-year-old vibes. And I mean that in the least respectful, most fuck you way possible, to be absolutely clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, all the way down to like the quoting classic literature that Mm -hmm. maybe she hasn't read at her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he gets all Hamlet-y. Oh, Hamlet, 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 Hamlet. And asks if Lita wants this, because he'll do it not to help Michael, but for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also a thing I don't like, because it's creating a sense of obligation to him. Yeah. It's super fucked power dynamics. And we've already dropped from our high water mark. And it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and he happens to have some classified information, if you will. Yeah. That he throws out there as a bone. Yep. White stars are heading for a trap. Lita passes this along and Sheridan acts quickly. The white stars uh, will go to Enfili immediately and defend it from the raiders and not wait for the Drazi. And we see the white stars roll in, take out the mooks, and then set up a trap for the Drazi that they know are coming. Yeah. And then we get the political theater side of this with the drowsy ambassador knowing full well that if he didn't cave here thousands of drowsy are going to die yeah it, and it's gonna be his fault yeah <laughs> that is a, he like a gambit runs from this room yeah and does not come back yeah yeah and again not in the same way that Byron is providing a teachable moment. Sheridan provides a teachable moment with everyone else present. Mm-hmm. You know, he's invited the whole council here to witness this the Drazi ambassadors dressing down. And he's like, see, this is why we need to all sign the scroll, everybody. Everybody sign the scroll. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. They all become pen pals. Sheridan really leans in here. The Drazi admit their crimes and promise to stop and everyone signs up. And Sheridan is really taking away the wrong lessons immediately because the first thing he says is Garibaldi is right and not trust the telepaths. Yeah. (laughs) He says Garibaldi is right. And I'm like, is he though? Mm. Is he? (laughs) This is like that article I read earlier today. Uh, where Bob Iger said the problem with the Marvels was that there wasn't enough studio meddling. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but Sheridan does like acknowledge that he is standing on a slippery slope. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's good to, that you know that. Yeah, it's better to be completely yes. unaware and obtuse. but yeah he doesn't seem to be inclined to do a whole lot about that right now no no trust garibaldi that's the lesson yeah Mm, Uh, i don't know jakar comes in and grabs all the scrolls because he has more revisions yeah (laughs) that's the writer's curse though isn't it yeah like you get something that you're like this is perfect and then you show it to people and you're like oh god damn <laughs> I could have I could have said the other thing. Yep. I could have what if I had thought of this to say? 
it's the classic problem I have where I go get in the shower after this podcast and go, God damn it, there's a joke I could have made. Oh, so close. <laughs> oh. Nuts. <laughs> Lita goes to Byron to hear more of the sales pitch to credits. Mm, I don't want you to do that, Lita. Yeah. Don't do that. Not a fan. Nothing good is coming of this, right? No. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the episode. That's the episode. How did you feel about it, Jafar? Honestly, I liked this one. Mm -hmm. I don't know okay. if it's just like really holding the the Byron high point high, knowing mm -hmm. how bad it got in this episode, let alone how bad it's going to get. Yeah. But I really liked that. I really liked Lita standing up for herself. I really liked Garibaldi getting what for. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I always enjoy that. <laughs> the the Drazi. I forget if they're shitbags for the rest of the show or not. I don't remember. They've always been kind of neutral. They've yeah. been just sort of a little bit of a butt of a joke, you know, in purple and green. Uh, Their name is very similar to the Drock. And I'm try I can't remember if stuff happens with the Drock or stuff happens with the Drazi. Maybe okay. it's both. My brain's just confusing it all because it's a blender at mm -hmm. this point. But yeah, so that's all good. We see a lot of human mistakes from Sheridan in this episode, mm -hmm. which yes, is good because he's not prepared for the role that he's taken. Yeah, And that's important. That's an important part of the story that they're trying to tell. So it's good to see that they're sticking to that rather than just making him the messiah he purported himself to be previously. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, overall, I'm going to give this one a four out of five. Yeah, I can get behind that. I do feel it's a little above average. I did wonder if we give a, as many averages as would actually be average, but I, uh, yeah, I no. don't have a spreadsheet for that. We should have made one. I have, but now we're five seasons deep, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like part of me wants to put a little thing in the first episode and go, hey, listener, if you're going to listen to all, all these, could you do me a favor and just write down the ratings for each one and just send it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just make me a spreadsheet while you're going. Please. Through. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I feel like our average is probably three and a half, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. We've had a little grade inflation in there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah. No, I feel good about this one, too. I really kind of did like watching Garibaldi get smashed in the nuts a few times. I just it's gratifying. I don't like his suits, man. I don't like his face. <laughs> He's got a real smug thing about his face this season. <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think that the Jakar writing is also top notch. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Very beautiful. Very aspirational. We'll see if this alliance can aspire that high yeah all right well that's that well, what what do we have next time oh uh, we've got season four episode four a view from the gallery hmm. an alien attack on babylon 5 is viewed from the perspective of two lowly maintenance workers hell yeah it's our lower decks episode i love it and also ben's joining us next week 
Oh, that'll be a hoot. Yeah. I love a guest, especially on a really good episode like this. Yeah, that'll be fun. I know this is one of his favorite episodes. I think he called dibs on this one, like, back in season three. So. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me that now. Yeah, we love Lower Decks. We love to see what things would be like from where we would actually be if we were on Babylon 5. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We're going to do it next week. But before we do, we, of course, have to say thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our lovely theme music. We appreciate everything you do for us. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com or on your favorite streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and taking our inane ramblings and making them listenable. Really appreciate you. It's uh, never an easy job, I'm sure. No. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here for our ramblings. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate you. If you want to join the conversation, Discord, we have a Discord that uh, you can join or... You can email us at whoareub5 at gmail.com, or uh, you can find us on Facebook. Yeah. Sometimes we get a little engagement on our posts. We'd love to see you there. Oh, and on Blue Sky. We're on Blue Sky. Oh, I always forget that one because it's so new. It is. It's so new. It's nice. There's The, the feed doesn't update every 20 seconds because there's just oh not a lot happening. Yeah. I, I like it that way. It's not taken off yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not full of all the weirdos of X. So yeah, extra. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, Internet. Bye. Bye.